Is the tradition a bad thing? Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for me, or ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, and you shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. See, there are some things that shouldn't change. The preaching of the Word of God should not change. The teaching of all the Word of God should not change. Because there is an unchanging God. Some things remain constant through the ages and must not be changed. There is wisdom and blessing in knowing what these are and keeping them fresh in our minds and hearts. And watch what Jeremiah says here in a minute. Jeremiah 6, 16. Listen to this. For my people. When does a tradition become an impediment to spiritual growth? Here it is. Jeremiah 6.16, King James Version. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and have hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. Let's analyze that for just a minute, please. When does a tradition become an impediment to spiritual growth? Number one, he said, they have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. The sin that leads to ruin and judgment, forsaking the source of living waters. When we cut ourselves off from the very source of living waters, death ensues. We may even increase in numbers for a while because we are good at the marketing strategies and we have all the programs that minister to the whole family. We may even continue for a while, but the signs of death are unmistakable. The stench of death is unmistakable. And those who have eyes and ears to hear what the Spirit saith will see it in their churches, and they will mark it. They are gathering crowds, but the crowds are filled with unregenerate, unsaved, undelivered people, and they are simply amassing a crowd that's hearing the Word, but nothing is happening in their lives. They are coming because the marketing strategy strategy has attracted them. Why would we commit this sin? Think about that. Why would we leave the source of life? Think about that for a minute. The second thing from Jeremiah 6.16 said they have hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. They have replaced the living water with man-made substitutes. Leviticus 9.22 through chapter 10 and verse 7 of Leviticus our God is a jealous God. Exodus 20, verse 5. Ministers would do well to remember this. They would do well to go back and read these Old Testament scriptures and realize that our God is a consuming fire and He will not tolerate indefinitely those who claim to be speaking for Him but who are denying the power of God. He will bring a judgment. Ministers, we shall be held accountable by God. We allow people under our leadership to replace the presence of God with man-made substitutes. You remember the Old Testament account. The sons of the priest took strange fire and put it on the altar of God and judgment ensued. Beloved, we need to be careful what we use in worship. We need to be careful what we call worship. Worship comes from the heart. A lot of noise does not equate to worship. We need to pay attention that we are worshiping in sincerity from the heart. So then, here is... The thing that sin will do. Jeremiah said they've committed two sins. They've forsaken me, the source of living water, and they have made their own religion, basically. Sin will always do this. Remember the story of Samson? Samson was anointed of God. God wanted to use Samson to bring deliverance and salvation. But Samson had a problem. It was a woman problem. Actually, it wasn't a woman problem. The woman wasn't the problem. It was the problem in his heart. Lust. 
Lust in his heart was the problem. And Samson kept going where he wasn't supposed to go. He went down there and he would get involved and God would give him power to break the chains off of him. Samson assumed because of that he would always be able to do that. Sin will always take you farther than you wanted to go. Samson was tempted. I can handle it. I can handle it. I've handled it before. I got away with it before. That's really what it means. Secondly, sin will always keep you longer than you wanted to stay. Samson was put in bondage. Always before he would get up, shake those chains off of him with those Philistines and laugh at them. Why? Because the anointing of God that was on his life. God delivered him more than once. You see, some of you in this very room, you have mocked God. You have continued to commit sins that you know you shouldn't be committing and God's been warning you about it and you say, well, God forgave the last time and I'll just go to my Protestant Pope, Pastor Jim, and I'll just confess my sins and we'll be done with that. Hallelujah to God. And you go right out there and you keep right on doing it. You think God's winking at your sin. God's not winking at your sin. You think God's stupid, blind, deaf? No, He knows exactly what you're doing. And because you get away with it, because there's not an immediate judgment, because there's not a confrontation from a brother or sister led of the Spirit to dress your, your sin, you think you're getting away with it. You are not getting away with it. And this won't fly in most congregations today. You can't stand in a pulpit and confront people with their sin. They'll leave. But how are they going to get free? How are they ever going to be free if somebody doesn't stand up and say, this is sin? 